Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 22 of Revelation chapter 16. And we're going to be reading verse 19. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And uh, we've been going through Revelation 16, which is a chapter that God is uh, specifically describing Judgment Day, the day of the wrath of the Lord, the day of judgment for all unsafe people of the earth. And and uh, now in verse 19, he's speaking of the great city, and he says that it was divided into three parts. Now, the great city is Babylon, and it goes on to say that as it continues, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God. So the great city divided into three parts is Babylon, and Babylon is also the cities of the nations. It, when we get to that phrase, we'll, we'll see how that is. But let's start with this language of the great city was divided into three parts. Now the Greek word translated as divided is ginomai. Ginomai is Strong's number 1096. If you remember, it, um, it was the Greek word translated as done. Back in verse 17, at uh, the last statement of that verse, it is done. And we we saw how ginomai normally means it has happened, or it has come, or it has come to be, something like that. It's really sort of an all-purpose word. If you look this word up in Strong's, you'll see it's translated as many various English words. And... And here, the, the idea is the great city was divided, meaning it became three parts. The great city, Babylon, became or came to be three parts. And so that makes sense why they would translate it as divided, because Babylon now is looked at by God as three parts. And, and when we think about three parts, um, the, the mention of three parts leads us, uh, right away to a passage in Zechariah that we've looked at before in Zechariah chapter 13. Let's go back there and I'll read a couple of verses from Zechariah 13 and verses 8 and 9. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, and I point this out every time I read this, but the Hebrew word translated as land is also on occasion translated as earth. In all the land or earth, saith Jehovah, 
Two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried. They shall call my name, and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, Jehovah is my God. Now, we've discussed this before, and we've seen how uh, very well these verses fit what God has done at this time of judgment on the world. God brought to pass Judgment Day, beginning on May 21, 2011. He shut the door of heaven, and he uh, turned out the lights of the gospel. He he ceased to save people. And yet, time continues, and here we are, some... Um, over three years later, still on the earth, the world is still operating, and the true believers are still in the world, or in the land, in the earth. And and that's exactly what God did. He cut off two parts. And remember, if you write two-thirds as a decimal, it's .666. It's the number of man... The, the natural man, the unsaved man, is given the designation of 666, or of two-thirds, two parts. And uh, th- that figure represents all those that are unsaved, and therefore all that are within the kingdom of Satan, which is typified by Babylon. And And so God is saying that two parts therein shall be cut off and die. And once the Lord did shut the door of heaven on May 21, 2011, in essence, he cut off mankind from any hope, from any possibility of salvation forevermore. They, they were cut off and and brought into the condition of death because their spiritual condition cannot change. The righteous, those God has saved, will remain saved. The filthy, those that God has not saved, will remain unsaved. And 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 therefore, it was a, a blow to all of the wicked of the world, cutting them off so that, for all intents and purposes, they are dead. And that's why the world is in the condition of hell, Right now, because hell and the grave are synonymous, and it's as though the world is populated with uh, people that are dead. Of course, they've always been spiritually dead, but now the hope of salvation, from man's perspective, there was always some hope, as long as it was the day of salvation, perhaps God might save them. Well, that hope is gone. It's removed. It's taken away. And, and, and so they're cut off and, and die. But the third shall be left therein. And this is referring to the third part, which normally points to true believers, to the elect. And in this verse it does. To those that God has saved. And, and they're left Therein, left in, in the earth, in the day of judgment. Just as 
First Thessalonians 4 says, and I'm going to read this. I sometimes make reference and don't read it. And it's good for us to remember exactly what the Bible says. In First Thessalonians 4, it says in verse 15, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We which are alive and remain. That is not um, coincidental. That, that God is speaking of leaving the third part therein. And, and in verse nine of Zechariah 13, he says, I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried. It's the fire of judgment day that punishes the unsaved and finally destroys them completely but it it serves to purify as um, a testing flame of fires that try the faith of the elect and they come through like purified gold and silver they're they're in even better condition than before and and so there's no real harm that comes to them as they go through and finally come out of the fire. They um, they have glorified God, and and that's the idea here. Now we read in Proverbs two a, a verse that relates to these statements in Zechariah thirteen and back in our verse in Revelation sixteen in Proverbs two. Verses 21 and 22, it says, For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Now, notice how God speaks of the upright dwelling in the land, the perfect remaining in it. They which are alive and remain unto the coming day of the Lord. They are the ones caught up to be with the Lord forever. It's as though they are the ones that have endured to the end and therefore uh, are qualified through the salvation that God has worked in them to enter into that eternal future and and it we had thought before that God would take the believers out of the world and deal with only the unsaved uh, um who would be inhabiting the earth and and all the inhabitants of the earth would be punished and judged and it would it would just be all wrath but actually God's plan is to leave all together while he carries out the the business of judgment and and uh, he will bring the third part through they will go through the fire 
and and uh, pass through safely into the glorious new heaven and new earth. Okay, let's go back to our verse in Revelation 16. In verse 19, it says, And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God. So the cities of the nations fell, and uh, again, the, the... Context indicates the great city that was divided into three parts is Babylon. The cities of the nations that fell is Babylon. Babylon was a ruling nation over other nations. Babylon was a a great kingdom in its day. We read um, regarding Babylon in the book of Isaiah in chapter 47 where God says in uh, verse 5 of Isaiah 47, Sit thou silent, and get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called the lady of kingdoms. And the, the, lady, the word lady is translated as mistress. It's used, for instance, of Sarai, who was mistress over Hagar. And, and other bond servants, women bond servants. A mistress of kingdoms means that Babylon ruled over the kingdoms. Satan ruled over the nations of the world, over the cities of the nations. All was given unto him through right of conquest back in the Garden of Eden when he deceived Adam and Eve and through um, obeying the lie rather than the truth of God's word, they became subjects to Satan, to sin. And and Satan has ruled over the kingdoms, the unsaved people of the earth ever since. But now it's judgment day, and now the great city is divided into three parts uh, as as the world now can be uh, divvied up as that expression goes. Uh, there, there are the great multitude living on the earth, the third part that, uh, represent all those that God has saved, and the two thirds, the 666 that are designated with the mark of the beast and, and designated as unsaved. And, and now the world is evenly divided. During the time of salvation, well, God was saving, and and so he could take someone from um, the kingdom of darkness that uh, was, in that sense, um, part of the two-thirds, and translate them into the kingdom of light. And and that was going on uh, with great regularity during the second part of the Great Tribulation period. But now there is no more uh, translations in that way. No one is becoming saved. Everyone has returned unto their own land, as the book of Jeremiah says. And the righteous are righteous, the filthy are filthy. And, and so the two parts are established and the one part is established. And and the cities of the nations fell, Babylon fell 
on May 21, 2011, Judgment Day. Now remember what God says in Revelation 18, uh, just a couple chapters ahead now. In Revelation 18, beginning in verse 2, And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are wax rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven, saying, Come out of her, my people, they be not partakers of her sins, and they receive not of her plagues, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Babylon is fallen, and as it goes on to say in Revelation sixteen nineteen, great Babylon came into remembrance before God, uh, in order for God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And why? Well, Babylon has caused the nations to drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. God used Babylon to to bring judgment on the churches. And, and in that sense, the churches and congregations of the world were given a cup through the mediation of Babylon or Satan as Satan um, was loosed and entered into the church to rules the man of sin, to take his seat in the temple, showing himself that he is God, ruling over all the churches and congregations of the world. And and certainly that um, was the ministration of the cup of the wrath of God, that God permitted that, that God fostered that, that God um, willed for that to happen. And Satan became God's servant to accomplish that task. And the Lord also increased the glory and greatness of Babylon's kingdom amongst the nations of the world by pulling back from the restraint that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, had worked in the hearts of men uh, that that were in the world, less and less they were restrained, and more and more, as a result, they served sin and Satan. And, and this was all preparation for the final judgment of mankind. Now, we also read in Jeremiah 25, Jeremiah chapter 25, it says, beginning in verse 11, And this whole land shall be a desolation, and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. Now we've uh, also discussed this many times, where God raises up Babylon and the king of Babylon, and they become a great and mighty nation for seventy years. And during that time, Judah is oppressed. Judah, the people of God, goes into captivity and and that's a picture of God's judgment on the New Testament corporate church at the end of time, the beginning of the Great Tribulation when judgment began at the house of God, May 21, 1988, for 23 years until May 21, 2011. And that 
70-year period of Babylon's uh, triumph, when when they are victorious, typifies the actual 23 years time of the Great Tribulation. And, and during that time, God doesn't touch Babylon. He doesn't touch the king of Babylon. They, he calls them and, and the king of Babylon his servant. They're doing what the will of the Lord is. But then we read in verse 12, And it shall come to pass, when seventy years are accomplished, that I will punish the king of Babylon, and that nation, saith Jehovah, for their iniquity, and the land of the Chaldeans, and will make a perpetual desolations. And I will bring upon that land all my words which I have pronounced against it. Even all that is written in this book, which Jeremiah hath prophesied against all the nations. God is saying that he's going to punish Babylon, punish the king of Babylon at the end of 70 years. And notice how he ties it in with the prophecy of Jeremiah against all the nations, because Babylon is representative of all the kingdoms, all the nations of this world. And the punishment of Babylon occurs at the end of the 70 years. That's when the Medes and the Persians attacked and took the kingdom of Babylon in a night. And it very much parallels how Christ comes as a thief in the night. Um, as we read in Daniel 5, the Medes and the Persians uh, surprised the, the king of Babylon and his lords. They were having a party, and that very night the king was slain and, and so forth. But that pictures Judgment Day beginning again on May 21, 2011. And, and so here in Revelation 16, verse 19, And the great city was divided into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell. Well, Babylon fell. And cities of the nations are Babylon. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God. God now remembers her sins. They were useful. They served their purpose. Satan is is excellent at destruction. It was God's purpose and plan to destroy the church. Who better to carry that out than Satan? And and yet, it was only to serve God's purpose. And God never sanctioned Satan's sins or the sins of men. No, he God just loosed him, knowing what Satan would do once loosed. And uh, sort of with um, uh, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, when when God is said to harden his heart, God just let him be. Man naturally has a hard heart. And if God doesn't uh, operate in the heart of men, restraining sin, keeping man back from from terrible things, man will do terrible things. And it's not God who did it. It's man. God just uh, is not preventing it. Well, that's how it is with the judgment of God upon Satan and his emissaries, his forces, all within the evil kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of this world, the unsaved people of the earth, they were accomplishing the will of God in bringing judgment on the church and increasing the wickedness of man under the rule of the beast 
during the 23-year Great Tribulation period, but now God, who takes account of every sin, is going to bring their sins into mind. As it says in uh, going back to Revelation 18, and we read verse 5, but I'll read it again. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. And then in verse 6, Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she has filled, fill to her double. So God is uh, bringing Babylon's sins, her iniquities into remembrance, and he's speaking to his people, and he's saying, now you are the administers of the cup of wrath. I use Satan and and his emissaries to administer the cup of wrath to the church, but now you, my people, are the ones that are going to administer the cup of wrath to Satan and his forces. And not only that, but you are to give Babylon double for her sins. In the cup that she filled, fill to her double. And and we wonder, well, what could that mean? Until we realize, oh, when God brought judgment through Satan, through Babylon, therefore Babylon, in a sense, was in control of the cup of wrath, when God brought judgment upon the churches and congregations of the world, it was upon the third part only, exclusively on the third part as the church took upon itself that designation since the elect were there for many centuries. The third part would be found in the church and and, and therefore God uh, assigned that figure to the corporate body as we find in Revelation 8, the third part of this and the third part of that is judged. And and that was the judgment which began at the house of God. The cup of wrath was first given to the church to the third part. But now, take the cup. God says to his people, to the true believers, and, and remember, the, it was the messengers of God pouring out the vials. God sent the, the seven messengers to pour out the vials of his wrath upon the earth. God is saying uh, here in Revelation 18.6, In the cup which he has filled, fill to her double. Reward her as she rewarded you. And the double portion of God's wrath is because two-thirds now, 666, two parts therein are cut off and die. It's not just judgment on the third part in the church, but it's the judgment on the other two parts, or, or two parts that now represent all unsaved people within the churches and outside the churches. And so the cup of the wrath of God is doubled, as two-thirds is double one-third. And, and that's how we can understand that statement. Well, we'll, we'll return to look a little bit more at the language here in verse 19 before we move on uh, in our next Bible study. 
Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.